Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We're putting the band back together. We're on a mission from God. Surfing is the name of the podcast. Omar Echeverry, myself, Cyrus Sotsis. O-Dog, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing amazing. The waves nice. are up. Um, yeah, first of all, the winter's psyching. So, yeah, it's, it's been here. So, so we're in California. Today is uh, October 18th. We're recording this at about 12.35 p.m. Uh, I was driving along the coast the last few days, and it's been flat here in California. So you're saying we're finally getting a swell. Oh my gosh. Like if you look at the past year, it's probably been, I think one of the worst years for swell. No one really talks about it, but I mean, yeah, we had a ton of rain, but a lot of those storms came so close to the coastline here on the West coast that it actually flattened a lot of the swells. Um, but now, now we just came into the first Northwest swell of the winter, which I get excited. I, d- I just like, like, and it's funny, I haven't even surfed it yet, <laughs> right. but um, I, I like to look at the waves and that energy that you feel it's contagious. You know, it just, oh. it, it has a good feeling like it's so positive after you know being in my office and running all over the place and and yeah being a fan of surfing it's so fun to to do it <laughs> i'm sure and you live in literally the place that has the best waves in this country if not the world um santa cruz just lined up with amazing peaks left and right and so you're gonna be going out there um you follow the, the wsl a lot more than i do they recently wrapped up a contest they're they're in the european leg of the world tour. They finished up, I believe the quick silver pro France. They're starting the, what is it? The rip curl pro Portugal. What do they call that thing now? Yeah, exactly. It's the, uh, I know, I think it's just the, the, um, it's, it's just taglined under Portugal. Um, okay. their, tur- their tourism, uh, tourism, um, part of the government helps out a ton. Like they have created a surf destination through this event, which is really cool. I heard the mayor of Panish and, and a lot of the politicians, um, are so involved in Portuguese surfing that it's it's becoming more mainstream, which is super cool. Nice. Yeah, they just uh, wrapped up um, France, which is a great, great kind of fairy tale story because you had Jeremy Fuller as Wynn, um, the French surfer. Um, yes. It's really cool. I mean, and you know, there's a lot of controversy about this because he's, uh, he's from Reunion Island. So throughout his career he's gone back and forth uh you know claiming france to reunion island and you know that whole whatever (laughs) yeah between whether you know it's he's a countryman or whatnot but the true fact is i I remember competing um in the same events with them when uh, gosh like 20 20 something years ago he was a grommet and the guy was ripping so you know to see him win that event was awesome that's the hostagore in france it also brought his um ranking up a little bit and i believe it also got him a slot into the olympics um, really it did yeah it's wow. really cool so, okay. so that, that that's been like kind of a sideline story on top of um the wsl and that is people qualifying for um those events which has been really cool um so yeah he qualified for that i believe another qualifier into the olympics officially is um uh, chloe and dino um, which really? Is cool. Yes, he did. Yes. Um, is the Olympics going to do it the way I've always found it super bizarre that the WSL segregates Hawaii from the United States? Like it treats Hawaii as its own country. It does. I don't. 
I don't think that I, it's that's always been bizarre to me. I get it, but it's also kind of bizarre. It's just not accurate. But um, yeah. But the Olymp is the the Olympics is not doing that right. So the United States is just going to be all fifty states, correct? Yeah. Um. I you know I don't know the details. I I'm not gonna pull it out of my you know what, <laughs> but uh. Um, <laughs> You're yeah, not. So, you no, should no, just like make up. Kind of, just make up facts. It's okay. Yeah. Totally. Just, <laughs> I mean, that's, what, that's what podcasts are for, right? Yeah. <laughs> Delusional. Just throw uh, your crap again at the wall and see what sticks, right? Yeah. Just, watch that's it, a watch fact. It, watch it slide down. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know the details, and I mean, it's uh, it's so new. Um, I mean, the exciting part is that the athletes are walking the opening ceremony. I mean, who knows how big big it'll be within the Olympics? You just never know. The Olympics right. is it's an interesting event, you know, and it, it's a lot of it, unfortunately, is based off of ratings. We all know. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, half pipe snowboard went from the top down to barely being viewed, you know, last That's Olympics. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just. Is that true? Like the, su the super pipe event, like lost viewership? It did. Yeah, I was That's bummed because I'm a huge fan of that event. I mean, yeah. I, you know, and, and yeah, Sean White made that ridiculously amazing comeback. And, yeah. and you know, it was, it was groundbreaking. And I, I had to watch it on an online replay because they, they I don't even think they uh, aired like the original final. I, I don't know. It's, yeah. It, you know, the, from what I've heard, there's a ton of politics. So hmm. I hope that surfing lands in a good spot in the Olympics. That's my worry. Um, but um, I'll be giving you more info um, about, you know, who qualifies for that. And I'm going to dive into it in another podcast. Um, as far as the leaderboard, uh, Gabriel Medina held on to number one, Philippe Toledo, number uh, two, Jordy, number three. So that's the top three in the leaderboard. Um, you know, Gabriel Medina now has a pretty commanding lead mm -hmm. and Philippe Toledo is injured at the moment, but he's injured, but still surfing, which makes a guy rad. <laughs> makes yeah, him, I like makes that. Him, core yeah i just I, I like the guy dude like he's just he's a go-getter he's gnarly he does he did, nothing will stop the guy um jordy smith you know kind of in a, a lower third position he i think he needs to either get second or win portugal um portugal um all of these guys are still going in the portuguese event they're down to the 32 mm -hmm. um and the 33rd they call it the 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 30 dirty i believe they call it so 33rd is like the worst thing you can have in that event so those guys are out of that position they're not going to get a 33rd they've jumped up um and so they'll be still in contention throughout the event um and, and, the the, and good and the guys who finish 33rd are the ones who lose both the first and the second round right it's like the worst thing because a lot of these pro surfers are like spending their own money to go to these contests. Yes. And it's, and it's not cheap to fly all over the world and also to find lodging when you're there. And so to, to spend all this money to travel, let's say from Australia to France or to Portugal or to Europe, in this case, both those events, and then to like literally be knocked out the first day, that's brutal. Like I would never be happy if that happened. I mean, I wouldn't be happy losing anyways, but that's just an extra sting, you know, uh, some unfortunate icing on the cake there. Uh, no, how's, how's our boy Kelly doing, man? What's, what's Kelly Slater's story? The goat. <laughs> They're calling yes. him the goat. Uh, yes. You know what? He actually, I believe he lost today. Um, yeah. And uh, it's, it's such a Kelly Slater. Every time he loses, uh -huh. he, he jumps into the commentating booth. Uh, I mean, like. Does uh, he? He does oh, that now? So annoying. Like, it's really, you don't like it? No, I don't. Dude. Why? I don't. I, 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 it's just, I don't know, man. Like Kelly's a legend, you know, like, I, I don't know, like, like I looked up to Tom Curran and Andy Irons and all these other legends. And mm -hmm. when I grew up and, you know, I grew up around Andy and competed with him and like, 
man, when, when they lost, man, it was like a bomb went off, you know, and they left, yeah. you know, it's like Kelly jumps in the booth and like hashes it out, you know, and in his own mind, it's strange. Uh, you know, people say how competitive he is, but it's, yeah. it's, you can tell his brain, like the second he loses, like he has to work through it mentally. Like, of course, every, every like why? Yeah. He's yes. probably asking why, right? Like, why yes. did I lose? It's not because yes. I'm not better than that person. It must be another reason, right? And he's probably yeah. trying to figure that out. I just think he's such a he has such a brilliant mind, especially yeah, with surfing. That that when he's in he the in the commentator booth, I, I, it's like one of the rare broadcasters I actually want to listen to. Yes. Um, but you're totally. saying when he's up there, he's more breaking down his own failures as opposed to analyzing what's going on in the water. Is that is that what's going on, dude? That's what he does. Wow. <laughs> strange dude that is strange but no, but no i agree i was watching a documentary on bill gates um the other night and uh -huh. kind of like uh, random sometimes, yeah but i mean uh -huh. you, know, you know how certain people's brains function differently yes and you can like as they speak i feel like they're processing you know it's certain people just do that and i feel that you know yeah kelly is a really smart human he he he's processing stuff while it's going out of his mouth unlike you and i that just kind of blab right right <laughs> Um, but, um, but yeah, so, and you know, he did uh, throw around the word retirement, so we'll see uh, where Kelly Slater ends, but I mean, dude, still the legend. I mean, yeah, our man, he's so in shape and I mean, he serves so good still. It's ridiculous. So, so going back to the Olympics, you said Chloe and Dino secured the first spot for the U S who has that second spot. I mean, John, John Florence was in the driver's seat, but then he blew out his knee again, which is really brutal on a side note. Um, especially for someone as good as he is. So is Kelly the second guy? I mean, who's, who's going to be the other American? You know, they haven't talked a lot about it. Um, I'll, I'll dive in next podcast and right. uh, research the exact way they're going to be polling people. Because it, it is, there's also dual citizenships. So, like, I mean, there's a huh. ton of controversy. Um, you know, Kanoa is, uh, has dual citizenship. Um, Jeremy Flores, dual citizenship. I mean, there, there's probably within the top 20, I think there's like three or four dual citizenships. So, like, you know, they're going to have to pick their country as well. And I don't know. I have no idea how that's going to work, you know. Yeah, that's bizarre. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. from what I read, Kelly seems to be in the driver's seat now that uh, John John's not there. I mean, I don't know of any other Americans on the men's side who's ahead of him in, in the WSL rankings. And that's a huge, huge variable in terms of determining who gets into the Olympics. But, um, yeah, yes, that is but, fascinating but stuff. Another word that came out during this event and the commentator's been talking about is uh, – they're, they're saying that um, there's rumors of John John surfing pipe. So really? John John, if, with how freak, freakishly talented he is, if he wins yeah. pipe, I mean, he's, he's still in the top 10 and he has barely competed this year. So say he wins pipe, you know, that, that shoots him way up again. So, so yeah, it's, it's drama. It's fun. Drama, I like it. When, yeah. yeah when, when there's drama, um, it's fun to watch the sport of surfing. Heck yeah. Heck yeah, man. I, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to add too. So this is our third episode. We still do not have a guest. And a huge reason for that is because, oh dog, you're in Santa Cruz. Most of the time when we're recording these, I'm either in the Bay area or San Luis Obispo when I'm recording these. And the, the previous technology we were using to record these podcasts, it was this website called Zencaster which is just utter shit. I mean, if it's, it's it recorded each of our files separately. And so if one person's internet speed was not as in sync with the others, it was impossible to put the show together where you and I are talking in a normal time frame, right? And it, so the last episode I thought sounded like total shit. And I apologize to everyone who actually went through that. So we're trying something new. And if this works today, then we're going to start booking guests. Then we'll be confident in not wasting someone who's prominent 
uh, wasting their time to come on. So, um, so we're doing another like newsworthy type program, just you and I. Uh, we do have three primary subjects besides the WSL we want to cover. Um, any news stories you want to get into? I got a few stories lined up here, which I think would be great to talk about. Anything you want to you want to cover besides what we just uh, what we just went over? No, dive in, man. And yes, my apologies for those uh, first few podcasts. They're going to get better, I promise. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that software was brutal. Yeah, the but first that, one was okay. The first one was all right. This, that second yeah. one was just <laughs> fucked. That was, that was not cool. <laughs> Fucking painful, dude. It but was. no, di- dive in. Let's, uh, let's get the cheese. Let's get some good stuff. Well, I want to. Well, first of all, I want to. I want to mention uh, each seg, each show. We mention who's blowing up the Richter scale, who's just making waves in, in the surfing industry. And in this case, I'm not going to even mention a name. I'm just going to go straight with the state of California, our home state. Literally had an earthquake last week. It was it was about five miles from where I live. It was insanely strong. Uh, so California, you win. You you literally literally shook the earth. You literally <laughs> rocked the Richter scale. It did. Uh, so close to the that. anniversary of the big one, too. I, it's always yes. interesting to me. I'm always like, whoa, are these seasonal? I, I swear they still don't know enough about earthquakes, and they still scare me. So It is crazy. I think yesterday, October 17th, was the anniversary. Do you remember that? Yeah. Did you, feel, you were closer to the epicenter than I was. Do you, did you feel that, or were you traveling in your no, surf adventures? You know what? I was spearfishing at Pleasure Point. It was so huh. scary. I was like, what? I'm like... I'm like kind of walking on the reef, you know, trying to shoot fish with the spear gun. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, uh, and all of a sudden everything started shaking. Cliffs fell in. I was like, what the heck? Whoa. Uh, yeah, it was pretty freaky. So I, that is etched into my brain forever. And I remember getting the ice cream afterwards. I was pretty young. so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just remember jumping under uh, our living room table because back then, I, th- I think that's still the rule, right? You're either supposed to stay under a door frame or go under a table or something to protect yourself but i remember the world series was on tv and then all the power went out it was it was crazy yeah so and then 30 years later like a day off from the anniversary we get a to me any earthquake below a 5.0 is just not newsworthy but when your epicenter is like just literally up the street from you you're gonna feel that thing even if it is like a 4.7 um so yeah so california you are the winner of the of who is rocking the worker scale this week i do want to cover this story because this this is something i'm personally very passionate about and that is inclusion for the general public in terms of accessing the coast. Um, you and I grew up, we're born and raised in, in my opinion, one of the greatest places in the world. Unfortunately, too many other people know it's the greatest place in the world. And so it's in California is insanely overcrowded and we have this massive housing crisis now. And the problem is every time someone leaves, it's not like there's a home available and prices go down. You just have some other asshole from the East coast or the Midwest or from somewhere overseas who's super rich, just coming here and buying a property, right? Because the weather is good here, um, which is super annoying. But one of the, but this is, in my opinion, again, one of the greatest places in the world. We have incredible social freedoms. Um, some people might say it's overregulated, but the good news is we have much cleaner air and water than most other places because of these regulations. And, and, but, and one thing that I pride myself on as a Californian is the, pack, is the fact that we have legislation that allows any person to access the coast when they want. In other words, no one can, can simply buy real estate on the coast and just own that stretch of beach. You cannot do that here in California. The state recognizes how much of a natural wonder our coastline and our ocean is. Um, the same can't be said for the East Coast. I think in Florida, like literally you can just buy up a beach and just own it, which is kind of crazy to me. But here in California, we had one notable exception to this rule. And sometimes other people try to flaunt that rule or just defy it. The, the former founder of Sun Microsystems, uh, that guy who bought, uh, was it Dylan's Beach? Just north of you? Was that what that beach was called? That there was a huge yeah. fight? 
Um, yep. Where where the guy where you know some billionaire buys up you know spends thirty five million dollars to buy some land uh, on the coast and then this trail that's been used for like fifty years he just suddenly decides I'm going to close it and so there was like a five year legal uh, process with that and fortunately the public prevailed and people are allowed to use that beach no thanks to that gritty prick but there's a whole other area in Southern California this is just north of Santa Barbara and it's called Hollister Ranch. And this area has been exclusive, exclusively available for only the homeowners of this ranch. And for some reason, because they got grandfathered in somehow way back in the 1950s or 60s before this legislation was enacted, forcing every landowner to open their beaches to the public, um, they are allowed to keep this private stretch of land, which is really crazy. You've, have you surfed there, by the way? Have you surfed Hollister Ranch? You know what? I've never surfed there, but I, I, the waves are insane. They're so good there, and it, it is hard to get in there. Um, you, I have a lot of friends that own jet skis, um, small boats that can get in that way because, uh, you know, ocean is open. Um, yes. Yeah, so that was kind of the way to sneak in there uh, throughout the years. And I, right. I do, I do um, some older friends of mine who I haven't talked to for years own land there. That was kind of the other way to get, um, you know, kind of a, a ticket in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's the main way. Yeah, that's yeah, the only yeah. way, really. Yeah. But no, I know. Hey, you know what? It, it, the whole thing is so controversial. And then the worst part was like, at one point, I heard it's mellowed out a lot. But at one point, the guys who own the land were like, total dicks in the water like total jerks so like you'd pull up in a jet ski and they'd literally try to kick you out and stuff i've heard that I've, yeah, I've and actually, yeah and fights on the beach like if you ever lost your board or like anything they would literally grab it and like like punch holes in it and all this really creepy stuff yeah, it's mean, territorialism at its ugliest right you it's love just, it too it's like they're they're obviously you own any land in california i mean you're close to a millionaire <laughs> I, love, I love i love it's like little brats like yeah yeah, it's 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 Mine. super fucked because t- because because they couldn't like they couldn't legally block people from surfing there or even using the beach. Like none of the, none of the land that's owned privately came all the way up to the beach. The problem is they own all the land to get to the beach to in order in order to develop roads or, or to access it. Right. So yeah. Um, so if, again, I mean, for close to like seventy years, I think these landowners at Hollister Ranch, and I think there's like a hundred some odd you know, individuals who own all these properties there just had this private beach, this, this insane stretch of land. Well, so our, our relatively new governor, Gavin Newsom, and on a side note, in my humble opinion, I really wish he would run for president. I think he would be the perfect candidate to take Trump down. He's one of the few individuals who fits, you know, fits the picture for like a national candidate in terms of those, the electorate who might be conservative or moderate um, but he also is one of the few individuals who I think could like stand up to Trump in terms of shit talking and just snapping back at him and putting him in his place. Our new governor, Gavin Newsom, signed a bill that basically opened up Hollister Ranch. Um, and again, Hollister Ranch has a little over eight miles of shoreline. And with this new legislation, uh, it requires uh, the, the, the State Coastal Conservancy, the Department of Parks and Rec, the State Lands Commission, and those property owners, they have to work together to figure out a way to let the public access those beaches by April 1st, 2022. He's given them about, about two and a half years to figure this out. And of course, naturally, these assholes have immediately filed a lawsuit. They don't want this. They want to keep their little fucking, you know, their little Elysium intact and not let anyone else in. 
but I have to give Gavin you some props, man. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's stunning to me that it's taken this long for a politician to actually take action against these landowners. Because again, I mean, great. You have your land, you have your ranch or whatever that property is on, on this, on this spread. Dude, why do you have to be such an asshole and not, not let everyone else access the beach? You know, it's crazy. It's insane. No, it is. And you know what? The, the, this is like one good example, but the, there are situations like this all over the coastline. Yeah. Like a Big Sur and Little Sur, they call it. Huge controversial area. Right. I've actually, I've, I've actually been kicked off by the owner down there. The guy is such a jerk. He's so gnarly. He wanted to take me to court. Like, it just was such a weird dude. And, of course, the way he got me was because there was a hole in his fence with a path. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going serving. Like, you know, I had I, I, heard that he patrols it himself. And I ran down with a photographer. <laughs> we were taking uh-huh. And it's like one of the most beautiful beaches and I swear in the world it's insane uh-huh. um, and and we look up and we're like oh man there's this angry guy that's like filthy rich from what we hear and he's jumping up and down on the hood of his trooper like it's just so like cliche screaming at us and and then we see a police um, sh- a sheriff pull up behind him we're like great cool and our car's up there so we ran up there and the only way we got out of it was we gave him the role of film and that was his gig. Like he didn't want any pictures of his beach. It was ridiculous. So ridiculous. So this stuff happens all over the place. Luckily the photographer I was with, he actually switched the roles. It was a hilarious story. Amazing. And yeah. He put, and he put scenery of Santa Cruz in there and the dude developed it. That's how far this guy goes. Like, I wow. mean, that's another issue uh, right there. It's like these people have, I mean, what do you do with your time? You're, you're born into so much money. Like what you, that's like his day. How sad is that? It's like, pathetic. I mean, yeah. try doing something good for the world. Anyways, I go on for hours about that one, but um, he called us and the sheriff called us and the sheriff was kind of younger guy. He's kind of laughing in a way, but he's like, uh-huh. gosh, dude, you guys, like you gave him a fake role and we know it. <laughs> he's developed it. And we're like, no way. Um, so <laughs> why was the sheriff getting involved? Like, like what were you guys doing wrong? We broke the law. There is a fence with he, the guy is by the book. He's super on it. That's the problem. The sheriff told us, he's like, look guys, like no trespassing signs, every certain amount of feet. Like you look at it and the guy is super anal retentive on keeping people off his beach. Um, you know, there was a little hole there. So we're like, yeah, he pulled over and ran through it. You know, but I mean, yeah, there's enough signs that we should, you know, legally he could, he could work us for uh, trespassing basically. So you're, so you're saying the way to circumvent this would have been to get lawyers involved to force him to make a trail for public access. Is that basically what people would have to do if they wanted to actually surf that place regularly? Yes. Um, uh, some other friends have gone in by jet ski, but um, I, I've, I've heard it's like a 45 minute uh, jet ski drive. Oh. You have to bring gas. I mean, there's a chance you could die doing that in open yeah. ocean. You know, like it's kind of gnarly. It is. Um, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Anyways, um, we basically fibbed our way out of it being young. We told them we swore that that was the role of film and, and, um, he finally, <laughs> uh, he finally let it go, <laughs> but, but literally where he was going to take us to court is so ridiculous, dude. Who is this guy? Like, do you, do you, does he have a name? Like, do you know who he is? We can call no. this guy out. No, I don't, I don't know his name. Uh. I mean, people in the Big Sur area all know him really well. You know, there's a bunch of like urban legend about like why he does this, like weird stuff, like someone died on his beach or I don't know. Uh, yeah, huh. I, I don't know if any of it's true, but 
my point is this issue is all over the place. Yeah. Well, the, uh, an, another well-known one is Lanuda Bay uh, down in Southern California, where you have all these Trustafarians who like have their <laughs> own little gang, right? That like, I, I've heard they like throw rocks at surfers, like rocks from the cliffside. Like imagine one of those hits your head, man. I mean, that's insane. Like, uh, and, and yeah, this is territorialism is nothing new. I mean, it is human nature 101 where we just don't want other people coming into our land or our territory. Um, as backwards as it is, as cavemanish as it is. But again, I mean, look, I mean, this is a society we live in and the coast is a resource that's supposed to be for everyone, at least here on the West Coast. And you have a few assholes who are trying to prevent that. And this Hollister Ranch, though, is like clearly, I mean, I, I, my entire life as a surfer, I've always looked at Hollister Ranch as just this huge stain on surfing and on California because they've just somehow been getting away with preventing other people from accessing this, you know, eight, nine mile stretch of coastline. And I've heard the stories of, of the, the locals there being total pricks to surfers who come to those beaches by boat, like you said, you know, where they punch holes in the surfboards or they threaten them. I mean, I, my guess is if, I, if, if they actually did open a road to let people go there, my, the first few times I'd try this, I'd probably bring a gun with me. And like, just because I, 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 my guess is the locals are not going to take this lightly if they do actually force them to open up this road and let the public come in. Um, yeah, there could be some drama going on for a while there, right? I mean, if, if yeah. I, no, it's, it's crazy. A, it, it's a gray area within the law, I believe. Um, the way I, just from my own experience, I mean, it's just, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's tough. Like you said, you can block it by owning the land, but you can come in by boat. It's, it's such a gray area that does need to be addressed. Yeah. And I, it's really cool that a politician is uh, whipping out his cojones and actually trying to tackle it. It's good. It's a good thing. Yeah, it's actually her cojones. Her name is Monique Lemon. She's a Democrat oh. representing Santa Barbara. She wrote the bill. She did. Um, nice. And then meanwhile, the, the asshole of the story, his name is Monte Ward. Of course, his name is Monte. Um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's a president of the Hollister Ranch Owners Association. And according to him, they want to fight the law in court. And he believes that it will ultimately be found unconstitutional. I, I don't know what constitutional law is being violated when it's not their land that they're trying to open up. It's the roads adjacent to their land so people can get to the beach. Jeez. Um, Jeez. It's crazy. It's elitism 101. It's just total privilege. And these people, you know, just think that they're entitled to the beach. It's insane. It is insane. So anyway. Insane. Insane. Yeah, so props to uh, so props to Gavin Newsom for that. I, this is another story I found, by the way. Um, so this individual, his name is Jojo Aboaf, and, uh, and I apologize if I mispronounce his name. Um, he's an American from New York City, but and he's been he's been a surfer most of his life, but he actually transferred to Cornell, a university in England, um, and the, re, the one of his uh, focuses of research is determining whether or not World Surf League judges are biased towards surfers from their own country or ethnicity, right? So we actually comp compiled some data to try to determine if judges, like let's say like an Australian judge, when there's an Australian surfer competing, if the Australian judge favors his home countrymen, right? And what he found is that there is bias. There is blatant bias and that typically the judge will give more favorable scores to the surfer from their country, which is crazy. And so he said there's more research that needs to be done. Um, but his recommendation is that there needs to be much more diversity on these judging panels. 
Um, what do you think about that? Dude, that's awesome. Props to that guy. <laughs> yeah, taking, right? Taking, taking the time. I mean, you know what? I, I, in the Olympics, they talk about it. Um, gosh, I don't know. It's something that maybe a group of um, psychiatrists should get involved in. Um, but, but <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's tough. Hey, you know, any sport that you're in that has judgment um, and doesn't have points, it's, it's going to have issues. And I mean, yeah. hey, any sport that has points has, uh, you know, uh, judgment as well when it comes to the ref. I mean, look, look at the NFL, what happened, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's human judgment and yeah. it's challenging. It's going to be in every single sport. It's always going to be, um, those sports that are non-point orientated. They're going to, they're going to feel the brunt. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I hope he I follows that. That's rad. I do. And, and, it may, and it did make me wonder, I'm like, we rarely if ever see those judges, um, I don't like the person who heads the ASP, like the, the head of all the judges for the, um, the WSL. I'm sorry. Um, I forgot his name. He was the same guy who screwed up Kelly Slater's point total and, and inaccurately awarded him that his 11th world title back in 2011. And he's still in charge. Renato. He's still, yes. Yes. Renato wrinkle. Is that his name? Like he's still, <laughs> he's still yeah. Hinkle, in charge, Hinkle, right? right? Hinkle. He yeah. Is. He's still in yes. charge, which is crazy to me. Like that was one of the most egregious mistakes you could ever make. He fucked up on basic arithmetic and awarded the wrong person a world title. Kelly obviously just went out and, and finished the job and got the world title properly. But I, so, so, but, but he is, I think he's Brazilian. He might be Spanish, but I don't know if he's an actual judge. And I really don't know what the ethnic and national makeup of the judges are, but it did, it does raise a lot of questions, right? Like who are the actual judges? Like I am surprised that there is a more transparency in terms of who the individuals are that determine who the greatest surfers in the world are. Right? Like, do you know who they are? Like, are you familiar, familiar with them at all? Um, yeah, I, I try to keep up on it and I've known Renato since I was a little kid. The guy's uh -huh. super cool. I was commentating that event. When you were, Kelly, yes. Kelly won. So yeah, it was brutal. I mean, they, we gave him the trophy. I was one of the beach announcers. Like we, we like choreographed all this stuff. We did like a simultaneous countdown into world championship, you know, the whole nine yards that was like, and do my stomach hurt when I heard it. I was like, oh Crazy. my gosh. Like I was a part of one of the most embarrassing moments in professional surfing. Like, you know what I mean? That, that was yeah. my gut feeling. I was like, oh gosh, my voice is attached to this. This sucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh um, my God. Yeah. It was crazy. It was it crazy. Was, it, yeah. It was crazy. Um, but, um, you know what? He is, he's Brazilian. Um, but he's, he's been on the road for so long. He, to me, he's always been an extremely fair, great guy. Okay. Um, I think that it falls more down on the head judge. And I feel that that might be where I think the head judge's influence can be a little too strong in the sport of surfing. Because mm -hmm. um, what they do is so they write down their emotion. Um, and then, and then, uh, then they, they decide on their, uh, then they'll watch an instant replay. And then they'll decide uh, the final score. So it's like a, it's like a process, every single uh, wave. Right. And, and then the head judge will like talk about the wave. Um, so, you know, to me, you can see the head judge's opinion in scores where I, I just, and I don't know if that's true in other sports uh, in uh, that have this type of judging criteria, but to me, that, that kind of isn't that fun. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this year, the big controversy is there, there's been like one or two tens and you got a new head judge. Um, I think it's cool. He's utilizing the, the, um, the whole uh, point spread. That's great. That's cool. You know, he's utilizing the scale, they call it. 
um, one to 10, you know, with decimal points, there's a ton of room in there, right? So mm -hmm. you don't need to throw tens all the time, but, but he, he hovers, you know, in that like seven, five area, which doesn't build a lot of excitement or, you know, it doesn't show like a clear winner sometimes the way the public or the way you view it. So, you know, that's my take, you know, uh, it's an evolving sport. Um, you know, I, I would love to hear this guy's study. <laughs> it sounds rad. Yeah, he said there's more research that needs to be conducted, but uh, yeah, there is there is bias according to what he found. Um, and the last story uh, that, I, that for this for this edition of our surfing podcast and the courtesy of the Believe Podcast Network, um, Palm Springs is going to have a new uh, uh, surf resort. So the folks who made Wave Garden, and I, and I think they have actually an artificial wave in Austin, Texas. I don't know where else they have one here in the United States. Um, they're the group that's behind this. They're going to be making a new artificial wave. Um, it's a surf lagoon, technically. It's going to be near Palm Springs. It's going to include restaurant, bars, a sand beach area. Um, have you ever surfed one of these wave garden artificial waves? They're very different from Kelly Slater's. No, I've never surfed one. Um, but, I, you know, I know they're, they're so different, all of them. And it has to do with the way the wave's created. Right. Um, and I mean, that's evolving, but I don't, I'm so curious. Do you think this stuff's going to stick Cyrus? Well, I think, think 10 years from now we'll be like, that'll be the norm. What do you think? If, if, if the technology, if the cost of the technology is lowered, yes. Um, I mean, these are these, the energy that these machines require to make the waves is enormous. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy how much water it requires and how much energy it requires. Right. And that's a huge reason why Kelly Slater's thing still is not open to the public. Cause I've read things, uh, I've read stories. I don't know if we have exact figures, but that supposedly to operate Kelly Slater's wave, it costs over $60 million a year to operate this thing. Right. So like, so how do you, so the question then is how do you make money off this? Right. Cause if you're just charging regular people to use it, I don't think you can recoup 60 mil over a year. Um, I'm not sure what the wave garden business model is, but I will say this. I saw, I went and reviewed um, the wave garden that was that was established just outside of Austin, Texas, and I would I thought it sucked. I thought it was an, a total piece of shit. I I thought the only value from this artificial wave was for beginners. I thought it would be a great opportunity for a landlocked beginner to go in there, and it costs like almost a hundred dollars for like one hour, right? And it's not salt water, it's fresh. So you're not, so you're not as buoyant. So catching waves is a little harder. You have to get a thicker board. Um, but the waves I saw for the people that spent more money to get the more like high class waves, I mean, it's, dude, people were missing waves left and right. You know, if they fall, I mean, you just have to sit there and wait your turn for another person because they bring you out in like groups of four or five and, and you just got to take turns with the waves. Now, granted, it's just a wave coming every 30 seconds to a minute. But I, look, if it's cheap, yeah, I, I love it. Let's, let's do it. But if it's insanely expensive, which is, I think, the only way they can make this work, then I, I, don't, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, surfing's a sport that everyone loves, if, the people that do it. But 100 bucks for an hour? I mean, would you spend that? That kind of money? You know, like to just to surf? You know, for, I don't know. I don't know. You know, you know? If, if the wave is good, I would. Um, and I know that the Waco one, I heard it's pretty affordable and pretty insane. 
Yeah, the um, one that someone died in, by the way, from some yeah. eating amoeba. <laughs> yeah, right. Amoeba, yeah. 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 No, I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna pass on that. Like, yeah, too. don't me don't too. count me in for that event <laughs> or that. Yeah, yeah, no. we're... <laughs> I'm totally freaked out on that. Yes. Um, yeah, I like to live. Thank you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, cho I choose life. <laughs> yes. But, but um, that one looks pretty insane. Um, so between that one and Kelly's, um. Yeah, and I, gosh, I have a, a few groups of uh, friends that have pitched in to rent the Kelly one. Mm -hmm. um, I believe it's what forty thousand per day. Um, you know, but I mean, oh. yeah, you, you get a group of you know fifteen twenty people compared to a boat trip. That's actually yeah. pretty affordable. That's I mean, true. A boat trip's going to run you you know five six grand um, and a lot of work. You know, when you can go down there and get nuts waves um, for you know two or three grand per person. That's true. Uh, depending, depending on your group size. So, so, you know, whether it's too expensive, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's young. Let's see where it goes. Let's go with the flow, bro. <laughs> yeah. I think in the grand scheme of things, they're obviously, they're obviously a good thing. I think that, I think it would help reduce uh, overcrowding in the ocean. Although you're also introducing a lot more people to the sport, which might make it that counterintuitive. I don't, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think, again, if you, if you can figure out a way to lower the cost, yeah, the, these things are going to explode everywhere. But if you're spending $90 to $100 for just an hour, and again, the, the, the wave garden model, which is what this is going to be doing, like you don't get barreled. They haven't figured out how to make the waves actually hollow. Um, that's why I do love the Kelly Slater one. That one actually legit barrels. Like you're getting inside the green room doing that. You're not doing that with these wave garden ones. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll see. But I, I could see it working if if they lower the cost. I mean, if they're going to keep it at like a hundred bucks an hour, I don't know. I mean, you're, in. you're in. No, I agree. That one looks, <laughs> looks pretty soft. That looks pretty boring. I, I had some friends that served it too. And they said, yeah, it's pretty boring. <laughs> like it's boring. It's, it's boring. Yeah. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. yeah All right, long, man. Long, long and boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, our boy, Braun Houston, I think is in Austin, Texas right now. Speaking of which he was, he's celebrating his 40th birthday early since he's got his baby girl coming soon um so thanks to bronze believe podcast network for hosting us um anything else before we go no dog are we is it we done no that's right happy birthday Braun. do it let's do it you all right brother we'll talk soon hopefully we'll have a guest next time all right <laughs> all right man <laughs> later <laughs>